computer now. Hey, welcome back to another dispatch from Holly McKay. This time Holly's in DC and is busy working on things having to do with blockchain. Holly, so you wrote three articles on, on this. Let's, uh, tell us a little bit more about what's going on here. Yeah, I think it's obviously it's a, you know, we look at blockchain, we look at cryptocurrency, we look at NFTs and all this language seems, um, you know, for most of us laymen out there, lay women, um, it just seems very sort of bizarre and new age-ish. And I keep hearing about it and, and especially a lot over the past several years. Um, so I think it was an important thing to, to kind of look into a little bit more because I do think once you get past some of the very, confusing new age elements of it um there really is a lot of potential with this technology in various ways and i think there are so many different ways that we can look at this technology and and the role that it is already playing especially somewhere like ukraine um in way that we fight wars where we deal with crises on a global scale and basically just as we interact and and its future so um it really is a shift away from the centralized government system and i think it behooves a lot of us to have a little bit of a better understanding of what this is oh yeah okay so um you know, first to the technology piece. Uh, I mean, uh, you wrote a very interesting take on the, the utility of blockchain, particularly for, uh, military, what, what I would call military logistics and, and tracking and, um, some very interesting stuff about how you can use blockchain to replace a lot of the record keeping that goes on in terms of managing large organizations with complex pieces going everywhere at once, like the U.S. military. Um, uh, what did you find out when you researched that article? So uh, let's break it down for a little bit. So really no industry is more important than the U.S. military, national security, um, really being ahead of the curve. Um, and I do think that blockchain technology does have that power to really keep America at the forefront. Um, and it is really just comes down to a matter if both public and private institutions are willing to embrace that. So uh, blockchain um, it's the technology behind cryptocurrency. I think a lot of us have heard of Bitcoin at this point. Um, is really projected to to very soon surpass the internet in terms of really its importance, and that's that's a pretty uh, huge statement to make. Um, so basically, blockchain is a collaborative, distributed, um, metal resistant, if you will, database that every individual or entity on the network can share, but no single individual or entity can dominate. So therefore, blockchain really enables a radical transformation in how data is managed and protected. Um, and especially in these very complex environments. Um, so one thing I really found first and foremost was that blockchain can make the movement of equipment and information much more effective and practical for military um, apparatus and masterminds. So basically, the software can trace an item from its place of origin all the way through distribution, through wholesale, retailer, and then eventually 
deployment to the battlefield. And it can really um, provide these verification steps with, with every tiny step along the way, which ensures that nothing is lost or damaged, uh, regardless of how many hands it has passed through. Um, so if you look at something like a plane equipment or GPS technology or, um, you know, things that are very detailed like that, that have to go through so many different checks and balances, um, blockchain can really streamline that process um, because once, you know, information is entered into what we call the chain, um, it can't be tampered with. It can't be changed. And so there is this sort of undeletable, if you will, record um, of of how and where everything has gone. So it's it's kind of data that is continually safeguarded um, and and you have the the technology that's continuously searching for vulnerabilities and instantly detecting um, any modifications so I think that it could be a really um, really clean way to to fix up a lot of the supply chain and uh, logistical issues and really make sure that things are getting to where they're supposed to be in a very timely and efficient manner okay very good all right. So let's move. Um, yeah, that's that's clearly an area where there is a lot of stuff going on. I've dealt with it in in areas other than um, military logistics, you know, obviously housing uh, and and finance and stuff like that. And blockchain does dominate even all of those other industries as well in terms of, of their progression. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how the technology will continue to evolve as far as uh, this application is concerned. So yeah, looking forward to more articles from you in, in that area. Now you also wrote one about the fact that for some strange reason, because of what it looks like asset forfeiture, uh, the FBI has wound up holding an incredible amount of Bitcoin. Yeah. I think that's always, um, you know, I think it, obviously the cryptocurrencies, blockchain, Bitcoin, it's, it's a, it's a very gray area right now for the U.S. So it's, um, it is legal here in the U.S., but it, it really doesn't. And I think the government is still trying to figure out how to properly regulate it. Um, I think we're a little bit behind in trying to understand, um, its role and, and the government doesn't quite know what to do with it. And hopefully it is sort of moving past that. But I think it is a little bit of a, a surprise to people when they learn that at least at one point, um, I can't, say for sure whether it's right now is the case, but um, that the U.S. government is one of the world's biggest Bitcoin holders. Um, and that really, yeah, comes down to asset, asset forfeiture. So, for example, you know, when um, the government seizes assets of somebody, um, usually these are held and then, you know, the Department of Justice or I think the marshals actually handle that process of auctioning these off. Um, and in many cases, you know, the FBI, when criminals are sort of shut down and there was a really a big case, I think, you know, back in 2013 with a, a sort of an underground pharmacy called uh, Silk Road online drug market. And when those assets were seized from its operator, um, it was a man in Texas, um, you know, the FBI was in, you know, held the biggest, uh, you know, I think it was something to the tune of a billion in Bitcoin. Um, and nobody quite knew who that was for a really long time. And then it was revealed that that was the U.S. government. Um, and so, again, these sort of have to be treated like financial currency. And so the Bitcoin then um, becomes sort of part of an auction and, and different players and things can auction to buy some of that. And, and for people that, that went to those auctions, you know, several years ago, um, you know, have really 
benefited, I guess, from that in the sense that they were able to buy the Bitcoin when it was at a much lower price and have really made a lot of money uh, sort of since then. So it is um, really just the tip of the iceberg and, and it's an interesting kind of dynamic. And I go into a lot more detail on this in the article um, in terms of what the US government really does with this confiscated digital currency. And, and as this element of our society grows, it will only become kind of a bigger thing. And, and you could also look at it as a, you know, what what role the government plays in this and, you know, and how the government can also use um, cryptocurrencies to, you know, get America out of debt in many places or use it to fund certain programs. So I think there's a lot of benefits, um, you know, if the government is willing to kind of uh, really embrace this this new technology. Yeah, well, they've been looking at it for several years. I know uh, in, in terms of the, the U.S. government, the Federal Reserve was thinking about creating a cryptocurrency equivalent of its own to, uh, to exist alongside these private, uh, currencies like Bitcoin. And, um, that's still moving around in the wind and, and may come to pass at a certain point. But, uh, U.S. regulations, of course, move a lot slower than private industry does in terms of innovation. But again, another area that I think will be uh, quite interesting to keep watching over time. And I'm sure you'll write about it more. And the last thing you wrote about uh, was uh, this alternative world that a lot of people are diving into the, the, the so-called nebulous metaverse, which was uh, the, the, the term being, important enough to at least one very large private company, Facebook, to rename itself as Meta. And um uh, what's your yeah. what's your impression it about is, diving you know, into we, this world? I mean, you we know, keep like, hearing about the metaverse and it, it still feels like a little bit of a joke um in many ways. But um it's it's already this sort of big business. In addition to Facebook, um, you've got Microsoft who forked out, you know, almost $69 billion to acquire a game developer, Activision. Um, and you've got Apple um, and Google and, you know, all sorts of big Wall Street um, firms that are, are really dabbling in this technology and investing in this thing called the metaverse, which is so bizarre to think about people pouring really a lot of money into something that isn't actually physical or doesn't really exist. But, you know, a lot of experts are, are dubbing it as this big next giant leap in computing. And, and you know, by comparison, we look at uh, the evolution of this, of how computers went from these flat sort of slow, very mini frames. And then suddenly the Internet was on our personal devices and, and then to a handheld devices. And, and sort of the next step in that is supposedly the metaverse, which is really kind of this immersive 3D variant of both computing and the World Wide Web. Um, using um, sort of very specific uh, technology with that. So, um, again, another comparison is you look, you know, I believe it was uh, two days ago that it was 25 years, if you can believe it, Dennis, since AOL launched its messenger. And so for those of us old enough <laughs> to um, kind of remember those early messaging days, they were very just sort of simple um, chats. And obviously over time it's become pictures, videos, live streams, and, and now it's sort of we're looking at what the next generation of community communication is. Um, so people will have different definitions of what the metaverse is, but 
essentially it's poised to become this kind of place in your pocket that parallels your physical existence. So there is an avatar of you, which is basically you in the metaverse and people are buying land in the metaverse. They're buying weapons in the metaverse. They're um, buying clothes in the metaverse. And, and you've got big companies like Gucci and, and all these sort of major fashion labels that are selling clothes in the metaverse. And I had a really sort of, I guess, come to Jesus moment, if you will, uh, several weeks ago when I was meeting with a friend and, and she had her very young son. I was about eight or nine and he kind of looked at me and said, um, are your pants Balenciaga? And of course, you know, Balenciaga is a very expensive designer and no, they weren't, but, um, he recognized the sort of print on my pants that was very similar to a Balenciaga skin, as they call it, that he had bought for his avatar in the gaming world. Um, so it really is kind of incredible. Um, and whether or not that takes off, you know, is still very much subject to debate, but I think that, um, there's really just a lot of money being poured into it and it can really, I guess, have a huge impact on the way that we, we sort of communicate and, and, and what this means for the digital economy, what this means for the world economy, uh, what this means for really the future of humanity, I think is, is something, um, that's quite fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm even older than you. So yeah, I, I remember the world before AOL. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and, uh, there are kind of interesting threads in there. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how that, that, that affects human nature over time in terms of, uh, you know, the, young people today certainly have access to a heck of a lot more technology than people uh, in, in my, in my age group or even your age group did. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it it's a uh, psychologist explored world of the uh, imaginary world inside each person um, that is probably up until now existed only in your head, but now there's an expression of it in technology. So <laughs> I have no idea where that's going to go either, but clearly a fascinating subject of yeah, and, we'll probably and, be know, what, for a very long time. And, you know, we do, we continue to evolve in the way that we communicate online. So really I think it's, it's a lot of forward thinking about what that next step is. And, um, you know, it obviously would, would impact every corner of, of, who we are and um and the way we communicate globally and the way that our governments communicate the way wars are fought you know all these things that are um you know part of this sort of communication structure and um you know it, it, things aren't going to to remain stagnant so eventually technology will sort of expand this and and people are pointing that evolution to the metaverse whether we sort of like it or not but but I think, you know, at the same time, we're also in a period, I think, where many people are really just looking, again, for that very old school, if you will, personal communication of, um, uh, you know, we, we miss a lot of the face-to-face. We miss a lot of the, the simplicity of how things used to be. So I think, um, you know, the role that, that Metaverse could play in that is is potentially even trying to sort of personalize um, some of our messaging experiences. So, um, as I said, it's it's all just kind of a little bit airy-fairy at the moment, but certainly something I think that is is kind of good to have a little bit of knowledge on. Oh, I think I think it's important for everybody to keep up with that. I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but like 95% of my 
business interactions. And uh, even I'd say, you know, 95% of my interactions with you these days are uh, virtual. So, you know, that certainly dominates time, use of time and, and, and energy from, from a uh, existence standpoint. I do agree with you though. I mean, there is no substitute for actual face-to-face physical contact and um, uh, whether that's in business or in friendship, I, I'm not quite sure that technology is quite ready to replace shaking hands and looking people for real in the eye. So uh, certainly another topic to watch. Um, any other plans in, in this area that uh, uh, listeners should be aware of as, as you yeah, continue I mean, to cover I this technology? To, sort of, to write in different areas, this er- uh, different sort of aspects of this, as I'm trying to understand it, I'm, you know, hoping uh, for other people to sort of understand it. And I think there's a lot of interesting things that I'm, I'm sort of seeing with NFTs. So I'll sort of go into detail a little bit more on those. Um, and again, I think it's just important to, to kind of, for all of us to, to try to, to be at the forefront, at least in having an, an understanding of this. Um, so I guess as I try to understand it, I'll try to bring you along with it and, and um, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, well, it's a little bit different from the vignettes of battlefields that uh, you are now famous for, uh, but uh, certainly they're not going yeah. anywhere. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 you're always going to be going back to them. So um, that that is the, the Holly McKay brand. Anyway, thank you, Holly. This has been an interesting break from uh, uh, things that make pretty lights and noises in the dark. So. Um, uh, and uh, and a welcome one. It's good. It's good to to see you covering other areas. Uh, thank you very much, and look forward to the next dispatch. Thanks, Dennis.